I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. We're on Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. You see statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element. Why highlight the Fifth Element Hip Hop, which is knowledge. Benny is the hero. If he can't do it, nobody can. If he can't rile some people up about Andre 3000, then who can do who it? Who can do it? Who can? No one can. Only Ben can. Only I can. Uh, nobody else can no. apart from Ben. <laughs> with, this, with this wholesome good faith arguments, how fucking what dare you? <laughs> Hi, Ben. How's your week been? <laughs> we've listed. Well, I've heard that. I've had a great week, actually, apart from getting rinsed online for liking an album by Andre 3000. But anyway, that, that apparently happens these days. Uh, I listened to Kamaya's new project, which I enjoyed immensely. Very fucking smooth. If you want to listen to something smooth and chill, Kamaya's project, go listen to that. Uh, <laughs> Buster Rhymes, dear oh dear. So Buster Rhymes dropped Blockbuster and... I was scared. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was scared before the album came out because I heard the singles. I heard who was going to be on the album. And I was like, this is going to be Buster at his absolute worst. The thing I feel about Buster is, this is a personal opinion. This doesn't mean that everyone has to share this opinion or that Buster is objectively bad when he does these kind of flows. But I love every single Buster album. I think that there's unfortunately there's no no skip buster album there's always a skip on there. there's always a flow that he gets into or a pop rap bag or he tries some contemporary sound and it just doesn't really work for me personally and this is an entire album of that and it is not very good at all i think it's his worst album by a huge margin and um unfortunately i'm not going to go back to it but i respect what he's trying to do i i do um it's just not for me unfortunately uh buck 65 dose one and gel dropped a project and it is pretty good uh, i think i talked about the buck 65 project a couple of weeks ago he dropped one earlier in the year and i did not enjoy it very much and he seems to do this man he'll drop a a project that's a bit poppy or a bit weird or a bit like you know i don't know it felt sterile for buck 65 he's a very organic artist but then he'll drop something crazy like this, and this feels like he's really going back to his roots. Um, he's done a lot of projects, well, not projects, but songs and, and collaborations with Dose One and Joe in the past. So, yeah, man, this is this is good. I recommend it. If you know what the fuck I'm talking about right now, then hats off to you because most people have no idea about Buck 65. Uh, back with Sweetie and King James dropped the project. fucking amazing. Black Shidori and Bardo 100 dropped the project. Also fucking amazing. Um, Big Midgey Grape, I enjoyed that immensely, put that on while I was in the gym yesterday, and it satisfied, absolutely. I think it's the deluxe to, um, he might have dropped the album earlier in the year, um, but yeah, fully recommend that. Booby Ludovelli, another one that I enjoyed immensely, put it on in the gym, and yeah, it was full of bangers. Uh, and I think that was it for me this week. Let me have a look here, Fatty Wap dropped. <laughs> Um, not very good, unfortunately. Yeah, that's about all. What about yourself, Charlie? What did you listen to? Um, yeah, got into plenty. <clears throat> um, actually been catching up, or well, not catching up, but I've been um, just trying to find some jazz albums to spin uh, because I feel like I haven't spun enough um, this year. Um, so I've just been, you know, just just some just catching on some uh, stuff over the year. 
Anyway, um, there's actually an Instagram page I wanted to shout out, but I'm just literally just trying to like frantically search for, <laughs> trying to find the name. Uh, but yeah, um, some 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 white guy who's uh, on Instagram's doing like a has been doing like a uh, top fifty jazz albums in the past like week or so, and it's just been uh, you know going through numbers and you know just spun a couple um, just seeing what they're about. Anyway, Flo Fields and Bukoya, um Soft Encounter, B O K O Y A. Um, so yeah, if you like Flo Fields, um, if you haven't spun Flo Fields before, basically he's just a really good, um, you know, just one of the one of the better known um, chill hot producers. You know what I mean? Just that quote unquote lo-fi. You know what I mean? Uh, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's a really solid little EP right there. Another Bukoyo, Bukoya, uh with a Gianni Brezzo uh, called Minari. So this is kind of more hip hoppy, um, but. Uh, more hip hop jazz thing going on here. Um, it's actually a really good equal mix of the two. Um, that's very enjoyable. Uh, Friend of 5e, back with Sui, King James, Sizzigi. Uh, I didn't realize that was the word, and they actually explained what the word was within the EP, and I was like, oh, there you go. That's something every day. Um, but yeah, I know it was gonna be heat when um when they put on the air raid siren uh, before back with Sui came in on the first track, and I was like, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> it's good. That's a go off. Oh, oh, but yeah, it's uh, it's really good. Um, got some uh, fun kind of like a, I don't know what you want to call them. I guess skits in some ways. You know what I mean? In between the tracks here and there, sprinkled in. There's like a Bob Barker kind of uh, type thing going on. Uh, in during one song, that was kind of excuse me. That was kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, man, the bars are there, the beats are there. Top tier EP. Uh, Lay full stop. Uh, with rugged. Um, really love Lay Full Stop. Um, enjoyed her album from a couple years ago. It was really close to my Make My Album list at that point. Um, but yeah, she's one of those artists where like I haven't gotten a track from her where I'm just like, oh, this is it. This this is it. You know what I mean? I but I could feel it. I could feel it. She has a just a regular rotation banger ready for me at some point. I don't know when it's gonna come. It didn't come on this EP, but this is is a really good EP regardless. Um, but I'm just saying, personally, like, her, her style is so up my alley, it's crazy. Um, but yet to get that one track where I'm just constantly spinning. Um, but yeah, this is some good stuff, real chill, um, hip-hop beats, and she's talking about stuff. Um, she has a very, um, kind of autobiographical beginning to it, uh, in the first track, and it just goes into more... Uh, just more general stuff, and uh, yeah, it's really good stuff, and really, really enjoy it, uh, Lay Full Stop. Carl Benjamin, uh, they're in five, um, so yeah, this is a five-pack EP of, um, of dare I say, one of the next up R&B artists, I think. Um, he's just right there, ready to explode, honestly. Um, his vocals are top tier, the vocal stacks on here are top tier. Um, the subject matter is very, you know cheeky but it's got some heart in it um he's just there man he's just so he's so close he's, he's right there ready to just um ready to pop um i saw him actually live um as part of um blues projects uh takeover in uh, across the tracks earlier in the year and i was just like yeah this, this dude's this dude's got this dude's got pipes you know what i mean he's got he's good he's got good life uh good live voice and uh you know just with this ep it's actually the first um project of this two of his and uh, yeah, I am not disappointed by any stretch. Um, Astro color with with the with the American spelling, not the proper spelling of U in it. Uh, Moonlighting Astro Jazz Volume One. 
um, as you can imagine. It's got it's Astro Jazz. <laughs> it's got it's got this uh, real funky cosmic element. Um, so yeah, if you're into that, you know, Parliament Funkadelic, Sun Ra kind of stuff, real up your alley. Um, tapioca, Samba El Samba M Kigali. Um, if you're into Latin jazz. This, 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 all day, every day. Um, Nicholson with a full stop at the end. Uh, September Sky. Um, I just tripped over this dude on IG and I really liked what I was hearing. So I just gave his EP a spin. And uh, yeah, it's got some really, his voice is really, really different. Um, it's just, it's got a real deep voice going on. Um, the flows are super tight. Um, uh, yeah, man, I'm actually really, really proud of this kind of just like mini discovery I've had um, in this in uh, in Nicholson because dude's got some good chops on here, real good chops on here, um, and yeah, so it's gonna be really good stuff. Uh, Jose James on and on. So if you want um, Erica Bardu tracks, um, basically jazzified, um, then <laughs> come come right to here. Here you go. It's, it's literally that. Um, there's actually a green-eyed, uh, I forgot what it's called now, um, it's, I think it's just called green-eyed, isn't it? Um, but yeah, that's like, he's done like an 11 minute just cut of that, and that's interesting. Uh, also done Bag Lady, um, on and on obviously, as the album title says, but yeah, it's just some really good stuff, it's just, just Erica Badu, but jazz. The only thing that could possibly take you out of it is if you like the vocals or not. Um, if you don't like the vocals, then you're probably not going to enjoy it, but the rest of it is just objectively top tier really good stuff and lastly the circling sun with spirits um another kind of like cosmic uh funk jazz thing going on um but i'm kind of um uh, what's the word um short changing it um there's a ton of flavors in this album a lot of things going on a lot of instruments going on um but yeah it's a very eventful record um full of energy and i'm here for that all day every day and with that said, we swiftly move on to our retrospective for this episode, which is all about the trio of Deltron 3030. Um, obviously one of the best uh, concept, uh, I guess concept artists, <laughs> if, if we're going to put the, put it as that, because all they've done is concept work. Um, and uh, yeah, man, just this, uh, you know, Deltron Kama Sapien, Dan the Automator, DJ Kikwala um, coming through. If, uh, yeah, just some, well, if you, if you, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know previously, I, I've actually, this is one of those, this is one of those, um, retrospectives where I've kind of like, since we've had this pod, I've just been like, you know what, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna purposefully not listen to this until we do an episode on it, um, so I've literally been waiting for a few years just trying, <laughs> actually, uh, actually waiting to get to this, um, so yeah, we are here, we are listening to the, we have listened to Diltron Fei and we we get into their story, so as I said, Ben, what have you yeah, got? Yeah, man, I've come from it from a little bit of a different perspective, like Deltron 3030, back in the day, very special, I'm for me like absolutely i discovered it at a time when i was kind of branching out um away from like jay-z eminem ja rule you know just the usual whoever was on mtv at the time um and yeah man by the time this album i came to this album we could actually download albums a little bit quicker online and yeah i downloaded and it opened my mind to pretty much the underground and their debut album actually managed to chart number 194 on the billboard 200 um, but you know, it was never going to make its way to Australia. So I actually found it. I have no idea how I actually came to it. I, I just can't remember. Um, 
but fuck man like it was such a special album to me it just opened my eyes to the fact that it didn't have to have a million dollar video on mtv and jay-z didn't have to be dancing around in it for it to be successful or for me to enjoy it you know i didn't have any real concept of this side of hip-hop at all until i heard this album and mad villainy i listened to mad villainy around the same time so you know those two albums are always going to be special to me and i don't even know if i could even choose one between the two i think they're both fucking they're different but they're both just perfect in their own way and you know deltron 3030 gave del the funky homo sapien one of the most fruitful second wins in the history of underground rap simply because the album is that good it's just that good there are very few albums i'm going to put next to it you know if, if i were to do a top 10 of albums hip-hop albums like of all time i really do think this album would be in there i think it's fucking amazing um so I'm not going to talk about Dell's story because we've already talked about that uh, in the Dell episode. We don't need to rehash that. So as Charlie said, the other two members are Dan the Automator and Kid Koala. Now, Dan the Automator began his DJ career as a teenager until he ran into DJ Qbert and Mixmaster Mike at an event in Stockton in the 1980s. Now, they were younger than him and significantly better than him. So Dan told Datebook it actually made him to switch to production. And whilst it was in his parents' basement, he actually helped create, and I'm going to say it, Dr. Octogynecologist. Fuck, man, bro. Every time I see that, I'm just like, I'm going to fuck this up, and I absolutely did fuck it up. But he helped create that. Um, and so his production has been described as jazzy, as R&B, fun, ethereal, which is, when you think about it, a pretty good fit for Dell, who always had bounce and energy in his music and especially in his flow. And he always had a lighthearted side, you know, and he also always had jazz. So I think Dan the Automator was a perfect collaborator. Now, Kid Koala began as a scratch DJ in 1994, similar to Dan the Automator, but his sound has, it's tracked all territories. These are the artists that he's toured with. And this is a wildly eclectic list. Radiohead, Beastie Boys, Arcade Fire, Tribe Called Quest, Mike Patton, DJ Shadow, The Preservation Hall Jazz Band. So like, you know, this is our trio, right? We've got Del, Dan, and Kid Koala, all at different points of their career too. You know, I think that that's important to think about too because Del had already blown up and chosen to go independent and it would not be a stretch at all to say that his career had already peaked commercially in 2000, by, by 2000. It had already peaked in the early 90s. You know, a lot of people, I guess, were thinking that because he was independent, he wasn't going to hit a new commercial peak at all. Um, Kid Koala was just about to blow up. His debut album dropped the same year as Deltron 3030, and this is when he went out on tour with Radiohead. So he was at the very beginning of his rise, and Dan the Automator was kind of struggling to find a way through. He'd already worked with Cool Keith, and he had a very unique sound, but he just didn't have the right project to propel it yet. So it was actually Dan the Automator who brought them together. He had a collaborative project with Prince Paul called Handsome Boy Modeling School, which formed in 1999. It was a conceptual sorry, parody which was aimed at materialism, uh, which was a trend that was obviously taking hip-hop by storm in the late 90s, you know, the shiny suit era and bling and everything. So their debut album dropped in 1999, and it actually featured both Dell and Kid Koala, and this led to them touring together. Now, Kid Koala told Red Bull Music, the first time I remember a conversation about the Deltron project was at Tibetan Freedom Concert. We were on tour together as Handsome Boy Modeling School. It was Prince Paul, Dan, myself, and Dell was a guest MC. So it was actually Dell who brought the concept. He'd been playing a game called Mega Man X, which is a very futuristic game that he said tapped into his love of anime. 
and an idea of a character named Deltron Zero began to form. So Deltron Zero became a place for Dell to reflect upon a future that was born of capitalism and materialism, which is obviously the perfect concept for a dystopian world. And it was perfectly suited to Dan's project Handsome Boy Modeling School, which was itself set up to mock high society and mock commercialism. So Kid Koala described their, their view of the future as quite a bleak outlook. And so they actually began to work on this project together. Now, Virus was the first track completed, and when it was written, it was amidst the dot-com bubble of the late 90s and all the Y2K hysteria. And it's a very dark song. It's an incredibly dark song. This is part of the second verse, uh, Del Raps. Corrupt politicians with their leaders with leaders and their key keywords, FBI and spies stealing bombs, decapitate their plans and their face and catch the fever. Everybody loot the stores, get your canned goods. Like it's it's just you know, it's, it's a dark song. It's a really dark song. And you can see why they continued if Virus was the first track because it's fucking amazing. So they committed to the production of the album. And within a year, it was completed and released on May 23, 2000. So it's not like the biggest origin story in the world. They met on tour while they were working on, you know, music together. And they were like, fuck, we, we've got very similar ideas of what we want to convey, you know. Dell was at a point in his career where he was very, um, you know, from our Dell retrospective, we know that he was very turned off by the major label system and just commercialism in hip hop and the way it was destroying art. So it makes perfect sense that he would want to create a project like this at this point. And honestly, I could not think of two better collaborators for this, like especially Dan the Automator. Like I think he really, this was the perfect time and the perfect collaboration, I reckon, for an album like this. I feel like um, when I was listening to this album... I kind of just I I kind of I think I had a I don't know like a a thought in my head of what it could have been <coughs> excuse me and it really wasn't that um so you know I feel you know you see thirty thirty and you're like alright cool this is in the future right and that could go so that could go several ways right in terms of just how people have excuse me, how people have depicted the future over the years. Um, you know, stuff like Dune, for example, or, you know, as, <laughs> if you if you don't know uh, where Star Wars came from, literally watch Dune, because Star Wars is literally just Dune, but watered down and built for the masses. Um, so, you know, and if you've seen both, you get what I mean, right? Where there's... There's so many ways you can go about it. You can be really intricate with it. You can the music can be in a certain way, or it can just be Star Wars, which most people have seen, and you get what I mean by that. Uh, or something like you know Star Trek, etc., etc. Right? Uh, just one of those ooh, ooh futurist music or Doctor Who, who celebrated them um, sixty years uh, recently. Shout out to them. Um, but yeah, I just feel like this album didn't do any of that. Um, you know, it kicks off with this, um, well, the second track, technically. It kicks off with this, like, uh, what is it, like, seven minutes? And it's just so epic. Um, and it kind of just continues on from there, having these, you know, 20-second skits within them. And I get what people mean when they talk about this album related to skits because they just don't feel out of place at all. And they don't, they don't, um, what's the word, uh, they don't uh, overstay their welcome at all. They're just, they're here, they get the thing done, gone, next track. It's so seamless. Um, and to have it pretty much every time, 
um, after every track is very bold, <laughs> considering of the litany of albums we've listened to over the years, over our lifetimes, where like there's tons of skits and we're just like, please yeah, stop, no more skits, stop, bro. stop with stop the skits. skits. <laughs> like, stop beating us over the head with skits, <laughs> far out. <laughs> Like we can like we could name more uh, albums with like just overbearing, just unnecessary skits than good good than albums yep, with good definitely. amount of skits or good quality definitely. of skits. Like the 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 rate the ratio is v- way off to the negative side. There are so many albums that are just ruined by just annoying ass skits that either don't need to be there or are just long as shit. And it's just like okay, we get it. Um, prime example as always for me the one that comes to mind is the beginning of Lil Kim's hardcore don't need that don't need that never needed that please no <laughs> you know what I mean? and, and there's classic. you know plenty of others that, uh, that you can mention it's just oh bruv he's just nothing in the cinema I don't need this no- I don't need these noises in my he- in my ears man I don't need that anyway yeah. um, but yes that's just one example um, of many um, that just came up to the top of my head but yeah <clears throat> This one, Delton Thirty Thirty, is just really so well balanced, um, and so well sequenced as an album. Even though I think it's like what fifty something minutes, um, or an hour or something minutes. I might be thinking of the second album. Um, even though its length is its length, um, it really doesn't feel long to listen to. Um, you know, there's some albums that I listen to that can be the exact same runtime of this and it just, you know, sometimes just drags on a little bit. Um, I've mentioned plenty of albums over the, you know, over the time of this pod where I'm just like, could have been 10 minutes shorter, you know what I mean? Just one of those things, right? And that's partly, that partly pertains to my taste, but regardless of objectivity versus subjectivity here, I feel just this album is really doesn't waste time um even though it takes a certain amount of it it really makes it worth the while um and i respect that um you know this is most majority of it is just dell you know and that's really interesting to see how just to see how he carries the concept um and carries the storytelling element um and it's just it's just, I, I don't I don't think there's anybody else that could have done this, you know what I mean, in terms of Dell's performance, and also in terms of Daniel Mayer and Kid Koala's performances here, in terms of how, in terms of their input, I feel like they created a very genuine um, alternative universe here, or alternative future, um, or a very real future. Who knows, right? Um, and it's. Yeah, it just it just feels so organic. It feels authentic. Um, it's funny at times. It's uh, it it, ta- it takes you places. And yeah, man, I completely get it. I really do get it. It's one of those rare cases where I get it. Um, everything that everybody says about this album is understood. Got it crystal clear, and firm agree on my front. So yeah, yeah. I think with this album, you know, I don't think anything can prepare you for this album because. Nothing like it had ever really existed before. Um, you know, we get that intro, which it kind of sets the scene, but yeah, I mean, it, it opens it up and you're like, oh, wow, where the fuck is this going to go next? That's what I first thought when I heard that. I'm like, bro, <laughs> this is so epic. And I was like, I don't know how an underground album is going to continue 
this energy throughout the entire project. I don't know if he's going to drag us into this world because, you know, you hear a lot of music and a lot of intros and you're like, this is a, a fire intro, but it doesn't really go anywhere after that. But I think that the entirety of the project, it really does drag you into the world. I feel like I'm in playing Fallout while I'm listening to it. Um, you know, it, it's unbelievable. And so Dan the Automator told Red Bull that Dell, it, it, it was set aside, sorry, that Dell was set aside from every other MC because he breaks his bars down, which I thought was a really interesting thing. You know, after doing our Dell retrospective, I more lean towards his flow um, and his vocals as being his unique selling point. But when I read that about what Dan the Automator said and I thought back to and listened to a lot of his music, he really does. Like he'll tell you something, but he'll explain it. He won't just make statements. You know, he'll explain, you know, uh, he especially with Deltron Zero, we get him describing his world, the problems, the goals, you know, everything. And on that intro track, the, the, the hook is so fucking, it's stratospheric. It's just, it just goes up and up and up and it just explodes. And you're like, wow, this could be something fucking special. And it absolutely is. And obviously, as Charlie said, interspersed to these like weird interludes that sound like they're 1980s radio snippets, which again, just gave me Fallout vibes. Very weird. Um, then we get that funk and flow on things you can do, just wild lyricism and flow. There, As Charlie said, there is no other rapper who could have pulled this off. Genuinely, I feel that way. His voice and vocal style is so unique. He has energy and flow. Um, he can float on higher BPMs and create melody, but he can manipulate his vocal tone to play different characters as well. But he also has enough bass in his voice to drag you back to like mid-90s boom bap. It's is pretty he's an incredible vocalist and very rarely i think do you find an album that's so amazing that no other artist could have pulled it off no one other than Dell, because i could not think of another rapper who could have created something like this um and i do like the elements of space that he creates as well like on mastermind you kind of expect him to come in way earlier than he does and it really opens the track up but then on madness even though the beat doesn't feel cluttered he barely takes a breath for the entire song and it kind of sounds a little bit it's it's chaotic you know it's yeah it's it's really interesting i i, I think that dell you know everything was written and recorded in two weeks um so i don't I, it, it shocks me to think that you know it's just such an intricate album um and i think time keeps on slipping probably the most important track on the album because it's the dramatic closer to the album uh it's damon albarn of blur and this is the first time that gorillas come together this is a pre-gorillas track and yeah, Deltron's on here. Um, I think it's a precursor to Tomorrow Comes Today, which was their first official release, Gorillas. And it was incredible. Like it's such a like mournful way to end the album, and you could just hear that. I don't know how to describe it. Gorillas had a specific sound at the start. Like they, you could just tell it. Just it had this aura, a Gorillas song, and you could feel that on that on that track. So it was like an early precursor to that, and like. This is one of the tightest concept albums, man. I think the thing about it for me was it wasn't so much that Dell, and I think he does it on the second album, it wasn't so much on this album that he was describing everything that was happening in the world. It wasn't like he was building the world. I don't know how you feel about this, Charlie, but like I never felt like Dell was building the world in front of our eyes. It was more like he dropped us in the world and then he started explaining the issues that were going on. And obviously they linked back to the issues that we're experiencing today and we were in the year 2000. 
but it never felt like he was just like, oh, this is what's happening here and this is what's happening here and that's what this is. Um, and I felt like he did that a lot more on the second album. But I think that the first album was better for it, honestly, because it meant that, you know, those concepts that he was talking about were very familiar because they were concepts we were dealing with in the year 2000 and the mid 2000s. And, you know, Dell was just kind of predicting what our future would look like. And I don't know, man, it seemed pretty, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but like, I couldn't see it not happening. Like it seemed pretty, yeah, it seemed pretty organic. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the that's what makes um, you know dystopian futures and like them near future kind of stories so interesting because they take what is going on in that time and you know considering where they were at this point in time in in the US in US history or whatever world history in that particular decade um, and obviously the st- start of the new millennium um, it's. It's, it's an interesting, you know, snapshot to take and then bring that to 3030 and try and imagine a different uh, or not so different world. And that's kind of, you know, the point when it comes to um, these kind of things where something, a lot of things can change, but a lot of things stay the same. Um, you know, I I remember listening, for example, uh, I was listening to an audiobook of um, Artemis um, which is by Andy Weir, the same dude who did The Martian. And um, shout out to Rosario Dawson. She does a real good performance on that audiobook. Really recommend it. Um, but the whole story was literally just about like a near future where we've colonized uh, the... I think it's the moon. Yeah, I think we've colonized the moon. <coughs> or Mars, I forget. It's probably the moon. And um, yeah, uh, there's like a colony there and things are happening and communication's happening. And it's like... And there's just elements of it where, you know, a lot of things have changed, but then there's some things within that that stay the same. And that's that balance you you probably, you know, need to achieve when it comes to, you know, dystopian futures created. That's why, you know, something like Orwell's 1987, uh, I keep forgetting what fucking... 84, 1984. <laughs> 84, 1984, there you go. Um, but yeah, it, when, you, when you listen to 1984... You actually you realize that um, thank you. You realize that uh, the world itself, even though when the fuck did that book come out, it still rings true mm. now, and that's why people love that book. It's why I love that book, right? It's just so, it's just extremely fascinating. Um, but yeah, you know, it, and Built on Thirty Thirty as a as a music album really succeeds in that. It really succeeds in. in you know, referencing things that we can take now, uh, but also add it, you know, to a faraway future um, as well. And uh, that's what, that's why, that's how we, that's how we can relate to it. If it's just like completely, completely, you know, out of the, out of the blue and you don't relate to anything, then what's the point, right? And obviously you can do it in certain different ways of, you know, um, you can break it down in different themes Right, and it doesn't have to be the theme of you know capitalism, etc. Um, but it can be in the theme of you know what is con- what constitutes a family, or uh, what constitutes a loving relationship. Um, you know, just human shit. You know what I mean? What what food do we eat? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, it's it's crazy. You know, food diversity. Something that's rarely talked about in these days is that food diversity is really, really bad. 
um, compared to, you know, 100 years ago. Like, we're all eating the same things, and that lack of diversity makes a difference. Um, there's a good book on it, I forget the name, um, about food diversity, but it's basically this dude just goes around the world um, just kind of, like, documenting certain things, and he did this one bit on oranges in Italy and how that diversity's dwindled and how, how that affects things. I'm going on a tangent about the future, but yeah, it's, 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 the whole thing's interesting from a storytelling standpoint. Especially. Yeah, and I think it's always interesting when you hear the perspective of someone as intelligent as Dell um, and what they think about the future, what they think's going to happen. Like, you know, I, I say that a lot about artists when I really want to hear their perspective on the world and then they just give you an album that isn't that at all and it's just like, ugh, you have to talk about how much money you have and how many women you've slept with again. Like, can you just tell me how you feel or something? Like... Anyway, that's just a... So then we get event two. Um, when I tell you that this album was hotly anticipated, just fucking trust me, man. We waited for this album so fucking long. I remember literally trawling forums in the mid-2000s looking for clues. They actually began working on it in 2004, and they said that by 2006 there were four songs written and the theme had been laid out. So it was actually due to drop in 2007, and then we just got breadcrumbed, man. Like... 2007 and then it was 2008 2010 2011 2012 and i'm serious these were actual interviews that group members were like yep it's coming 2008 didn't come yep it's coming 2010 didn't come so in june 2012 they performed in toronto and they played 10 new tracks from the album remember this is eight years after they began recording it um and 12 years after the debut album and uh, at this performance in toronto they had a full band behind them it was the, the whole bells and whistles and yet, we still had to wait another year for the actual drop. So it dropped in September 2013, and the intro is incredible. It's a bit of an update on the intro to the uh, original album. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is delivering the forward and kind of explains the current state of existence in this this world that Deltron has created. And uh, I got mad flashbacks to him in Looper. I don't know if Looper came out before or after this album but like fuck man it just made me think of him in looper so much and uh the return bro six and a half minutes of epic lyrical dexterity Dell dives a lot deeper into the the daily life of the future inhabitants and i felt like the skits here were once again an attempt to kind of humanize the entire thing give it a a basis in familiarity because unlike a movie for example you know if we look at something like blade runner we don't have a true concept of how this future actually looks with deltron um there's nothing really familiar about it i thought like you know for example bringing the lonely island on for back in the day for example i thought that was great because i love the lonely island i thought that was sick the only song i didn't really enjoy was melding of the minds i felt like uh zach was a bit i don't know just a bit jarring it dragged me out of the experience but I think in terms of this album, you know, as someone who was such a huge devotee to the first one, I played this when it dropped a few times and it just didn't hit for me. It didn't stick. I'm not sure why. I don't think it's bad at all. I don't think it's mid. I just think that that first album was just, because it was so long ago and because it was such a moment in time, I don't know, man, it's, it's really difficult to back that up. It's really difficult to make a part two. Part twos are hard especially for something like this. I mean, Mad Villainy didn't even put part two out. Um, we saw what happened with Blackstar, you know, that was a... Ugh. We saw what happened with even Jay-Z on the Blueprint, right? Blueprint 2? No. Blueprint 3? No. They're trash. They're not as good as Blueprint 1. It's just the way it is. Um, and I think 
this was just a different album. What I what I would have liked, right? And this is just me just saying shit. But what I would have liked is I felt like Dell was definitely filling the world in a lot more on this record. There were way more explanations of what was going on. It was a little bit darker. I would have loved them to back it up with a couple more projects over the next few years and really build this world out. Like maybe introduce us to new characters if you want to create this kind of world. And and then you've got something that every couple of years people are excited to go back to. They're like, oh fuck, Dell's going to give us an update. Dell's going to tell us what's going on, what the developments are. Um, But I do understand that that's not, you know, this is a side project for these artists this is not their major project so you know it's a bit silly for me to say well i wanted an album this year and this year and keep working on it because they had so much other stuff going on i mean you got to think about dell recommitted to hieroglyphics in the 2000s and you know they blew the fuck up as well and dell started blowing up himself with gorillas and he was going in all these different directions so i was thankful to get a second album but to me it just felt like <sighs> the first album could have just sat by itself we'd no second album that would have been okay but when we get this second album i kind of felt like oh now we're gonna start hopping forwards um but we never got to that point so yeah i don't know the album just fell a little bit flat for me maybe that's the reason or maybe it's just not as nostalgic as the first one i'm I'm not really sure to be honest yeah i mean i i see where you're coming from in terms of the possibilities right um I, I I instantly just not, not even from uh, something as just obvious as this in terms of you know a concept album, ten story, etc., etc., building a world, etc., etc. Um, I do I I already do that in my own head when it comes to certain songs, even if they're not even ten the story, they're just like they're just delivering a vibe, and I'm just <laughs> and I'm just in my head thinking oh, this would be a sick short film, like, just just uh, things happening, um, and just, you know, moments, right? And then you have this, and also Ven 2, and I'm just like, yeah, th- th- there's there's definitely, <laughs> I mean, it's weird that you're saying there could be more, um, but you're also saying that, like, the second one was obviously just a little lesser. Yeah. I find that interesting, yeah. uh, where people, you know, if, if somebody... Would you okay? Here's is is a question. Would you take a third one, or would you um, rather have just had the one? You know what? In 2023, I would take at this moment in time. I'd take a third one, man. Like absolutely, because I just feel like I want to hear what Del has to say. Like I really do think that that would actually be because you know we're all dragging back into the past for nostalgia in 2023. You know, everyone's just hopping on TikTok to recreate songs that were already incredible. I feel like this album could work in 2023. A third one. Yeah, I think um, the I would like the evolution if po- if it ha- if it ever happened to just be like bringing other people in because I appreciate that's why I really liked about Vent Two just how they ha- how it had different voices. Even the Lonely Island was just like okay, sure, fine, I can I can dig it, um, <laughs> and the variety was I think a big plus for me um and yeah I just um I think it'd be interesting just having just opening up that creative um that creative world and seeing what other people would you know do in that in in it um obviously it's been built already in in the hard work's been done technically right um now you have this thing and you have this um you know space that you've created um, creative space, so to speak, and 
I don't know, I just think it'd be interesting just to have other people um, at least, like, give some ideas towards what a third one could be in terms of just, like, expanding the universe like you're talking about and adding characters, maybe, and having, you know, just other rappers doing doing that and just rapping their character. I feel that'd be very interesting um, as just a creative experiment. I don't think we have many things like that. Um uh, that vis- especially that visceral anyway in terms of that focused of just yeah this is a concept album I am this rapper's playing a character da 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 right I, f- I feel that would be really interesting to just have you know a rapper's creating uh, creating a character and just acting it out um, obviously a lot of rappers use their quote unquote persona to do that anyway um, and to good effect um, but you know I feel in the same way, um, in the same way, like the weekend, for example, you know, switches up his style, you know, um, mid career. Hey, man, that'd be kind of cool to just have somebody instead of you know changing their whole career or whole style mid career, um, just have this one one moment of just uh, being different. Um, and I think, yeah, be I think, bro, imagine if like Danny Brown had a character yeah. in it, <laughs> like. Just for example, just throw yeah. it out there. Just that would be sick, actually. Be that would be because I mean, be artists artists crazy. have done that. I feel like we were talking about this recently on on a, on a retrospective where they brought artists in. I think Snoop was on the album, and they they played the actual character. They played characters in the story. Fuck, I can't remember the album now. I wish I could remember it. But like, I feel like that would be a really sick idea, genuinely, to just get like artists that we know to play a character and then just build out a storyline around that that would be fucking cool yeah 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 exactly um yeah i haven't really said much about event two i, I don't mind it i think it's a good i think it's a solid album it's not the first one obviously for not, not even nostalgia's sake but just in terms of uh, i guess uh um maybe i guess focus or um execution i would say actually um but yeah you know it doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't overstay its welcome again, um, so that's a plus. And um, yeah, I think I think it's a, I think it's a solid piece of work. And with that said, I think it's so solid that I'd really enjoy it. You know, just more of these. Um, however um, distant they may they may come, you know, f- from the next one to the next one. Um, but yeah, I really feel there's a lot of value in this. A lot of just. Um, you know, just uh, imagine telling someone who's, you know, who, I don't know, was born in the 90s, for example, or, or even, you know, the maybe the early 90s, for example, right? Um, telling them that they would, you know, listen to Deltron 3030, like yourself, Ben, you know, around the time it actually comes out. And then just like 20 years, 30 years later, you're a part of that in the third one. That'd be crazy to yeah. think about. Um, and just having that kind of legacy, I guess, in terms of this particular, very specific space in hip hop, uh, where you just build out this really, um, dense, um, visual, um, con- concept. Uh, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be crazy interesting yeah, to do. I agree. I think that'd be fucking amazing, man. And honestly, yeah, like in terms of just what this meant for hip hop, um, you know, Dan the Automator actually told Red Bull in 2018 that they're working on a third album and songs exist. So 
I don't know what's going to happen with it. I mean, this is just the way. It's always the way. Like, yeah, we're working on something. But, you know, I just love what a group like this means to hip-hop. You know, it's just a creative expression from three like-minded artists. And it reminds me a little bit of how groups were being formed back in the 80s. And I do think that this has been a bit of a lost art where... You know, a lot of the retrospectives we did on artists that came up in the 80s, they were just like-minded creatives who were in each other's space. And they were like, you know what, let's create a group. And it was it was about equality. You know, nowadays it's like, you're really successful, I'm really successful, let's put an album out together just because we're really successful and it's going to be successful. That's just how it feels nowadays with collab albums. But back in the 80s, it was like, you have a cool concept. I feel like I can help you realize that concept. So let's bring this out together. And that's how Deltron feels to me. It's like Del had this great character and this idea for Deltron Zero. And Dan the Automator was like, I can create a canvas for that. So let's figure this out. And um, it's become one of the most iconic hip-hop albums of all time. And they never set out to create something timeless or create something you know it was just it took two weeks like that's wild to me that it took two weeks for Dell to write the lyrics and, and record them that's for such an intricate album is is unbelievable like that's incredible and yeah man i i think that this will always exist for people to go back to for me it was just such a stepping stone you know to to hear this album for the first time and just have my mind expanded and be like holy fucking shit like they're not rapping about money it's like and and women like this is crazy and just yeah i i was opened up to the kind of storytelling you can actually be part of it when yeah in these kind of albums so shout out deltron man fucking great album great project yeah honestly um the <laughs> the, the the two weeks shit just yeah that doesn't make sense to me <laughs> that's just that's just a hip-hop fact that's just going to be singed into my brain that he just wrote and recorded it in 20 uh, two, in two weeks that's absurd um but yeah man um yeah well worth the wait and um yeah i'm 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 i can i can have my have i can add more cre- uh, uh hip-hop credits uh, to my card <coughs> with that said Shop into a light. We'll finish off and hand it to a light note if you have anything. Ah, uh, no, not really anything. Um, what have we been talking about? Nothing. Is anything happening at the moment that we need to talk about? No, not really. I feel like we got to, we got a lot from, um, got a lot out of last week. And Charlie got a lot I out mean, last week. I got. <laughs> Charlie, Benton. sorry, I got a lot. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, shout out to shout out to anyone who uh who uh her, listened to my Easter egg um in the uh end credits um shouts to you if you spun that far um but oh, yeah uh, there's um I mean on addition to that um there's been more cases thrown out um I mean thrown out in terms of actually happening not yeah. thrown out in ended um Jamie Fox I think another Sean Combs one so. Um, it's all happening. It's all happening, man. Um, and good. <laughs> it's good that it's happening. Good that it's uh, you know the shit's coming out in the open and needs to needs to be recognised and um, yeah, it needs to be shouted out. Um, I did um, two days of teaching uh, on Thursday and Friday. Charlie's become a teacher. I've become a supply teacher. It's not an actual teacher, but it's just it's just a you know, it's just that emergency, you know, we need someone. Uh cool, boom, I'm there tomorrow. You know what I mean? That's that's all it is. I'm literally just emergency, if anything. Um 
Ben, why why was a kid during an AP maths exam calling me a prick? He was insightful. What is going on? He had some insight into your character. <laughs> no, no, yet. Well, for one thing, he had ADHD. That's the fact. That's the fact of it. But st- still, crazy that kids were swearing at each other and me, bro. During yeah. this day, it was absolutely fucking nuts. I can't even. Ex- I can't even drill down on all the bullshit that happened um, d- during those two days. It was absolutely absurd. Um, <laughs> and left me just mentally drained. It was actually absurd. Um, it was to the point where I was just like, "Am I even built for this? I don't think I'm even built for this." Because <laughs> I, I just, it was so surreal. It was just like, "Is this actually happening?" Just everything that was just, I, I mean, I, rem- I, I'm sure you did this, Ben. I'm sure every, everyone's done this. Everyone, like, tries to take a rise out of the supply teacher. I get it, right? Nobody respects or supply teachers in any fashion. I get it. I understand. But fuck me, bro. <laughs> Next level. They were coming Next for Charlie. Level. They were coming Next for Charlie. Bro, bro, Charlie bro. had Charlie had ops at this school. The ops. <laughs> right, apart from actually taking a swing at me, like they 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 were just <laughs> testing me in every other fashion. It was just like, yeah, can can we can we uh, both go to do this thing? It's like, no. Well, why do you need both of you? You know what I mean? Just trying that shit. Um, the kid that called me a prick said, "I didn't call you a prick. I called you a plick." I'm like, Are you serious, bro? <laughs> it's Are a technicality. You, you, you yeah, like right. It's just like, really, bro? You think I heard plick? Are you serious? <laughs> but the funny thing is, right? The funny thing is. Um, the head of their year like came in and was just on like some warpath shit. Basically, she just got me to like point out who was taking the piss, and I was like, "Them, them, 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 them." Right? Oh, no. All snitched. came out. Cause I fucking snitched. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking, Ben? Stop it! Don't don't piss me off. Don't do that. Don't do snitched. Yes, I fucking snitched. I don't care. Fuck You're you, like Pharrell. Pharrell. <laughs> I don't care, bro. I snitch on anyone. <laughs> In it, bro. I'm I'm Bernie Mac up in here. Like I did it. He, he he did it. He did it. He did it. Like you know what I mean. I'm I'm jumping up and down. Give a fuck. I'm doing my thing, getting paid, and going home. What the fuck you mean? Get, of course, I'm getting snitched on. Fucking chatting shit. Imagine that. Calling me a prick. You think I ain't gonna snitch? What's your problem? If I can't fight them, I'm snitching. It is what it is. One or two is gonna happen. So I'm gonna snitch. What do you want? Anyway, disgraceful comment. Um. What? How dare you say that to me? Um, uh, but yeah, it's like testing my metal. What, it's like the hood. <laughs> the fuck? Oh, oh, you snitched on kids. Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. What the fuck you mean? Fucking jokers. This is surreal. I can't believe you asked me that. Did you snitch? Yes, I snitched. Nobhead. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So Nobhead. the funny thing was, afterwards, um, after it kind of was dying down, um, nearer to the end um, the head of year took me out just to talk to two of them and um, <laughs> he, he, I, said, I referenced the fact that he called me a prick and not only did he say um, no, I didn't call you a prick I called you a plick but now I'm calling you a prick <laughs> <laughs> 
I couldn't help but laugh. I was like, you know what? Fair play. That was funny. That was very funny. <laughs> and then he said, fuck you to her. And I was like, oh, okay. He, this kid don't give a yeah, fuck. No. All right. He's, not he's one of those kids. He's yeah. one of those kids. He don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, okay. I'm just saying, fuck you to your head of you. That is levels. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, man. That's, that's a little bit chaotic. That's that crazy. One. But yeah, bro, um, I'm only scratching the surface of how bad those... T- um, the first day was fine. It was just a... It, was just, it just took ages to get there. And it was just very kind of... I felt like I was thrown in the deep end a bit because I was just like minding this um, uh, special needs kid. And he just kept... We were trying to do work. And he, he basically took what was 10 minutes of work and just spread it over two hours. It was kind of remarkable how he did it. Um, but basically, I just had to. He basically just kept getting up and running away, um, so I just had to basically follow him. Um, and yeah, that was that was very interesting. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I ain't doing that shit back to back. I've learned my lesson on that one. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, and as of well, as of, I guess I've, as of this recording, I'm going to begin my end of year lists. I have, um, I'm going to do my customary songs, EPs and albums. I'm going to get started on those. I was trying to count how many projects I've listened to this year. Um, and I kind of, I, I was kind of like, miss. I think I was missing some out because um, some of them were double lined or took up two lines. But I, I listened to at least 300 this year, I think. Oh. I think I listened to at least 300, um, counting that. Um, but yeah, so that's I'm that's fun. Off this year. Uh, uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm I don't know. I just I feel like I need to watch more, um, or just um, prioritize and balance my balance my habits now because there's a ton of TV that I want to watch and I've just completely missed um, films as well. But um, yeah, music. I feel like I've. <laughs> I've I've covering a lot of bases here, um, for no reason. I'm just like I have. There's a lot of projects on there. I'm just like. Eh, I didn't need to listen to that, but um, yeah, I, don't, I feel like I need to recruit some time back. So, so, so maybe next year I'm gonna like cut down a little bit and listen to the stuff I feel like you know would actually threaten my album, my my lists in any fashion. You know what I mean? Not that I know how that's gonna work for me, but I'm gonna try and make it work. Um, but yeah, I also want to do like a kind of like a two more lists. Um, I don't know how to describe them in. In, in quick detail but um yeah I kind of wanted to do two more lists as well so um, maybe as I write those I'll actually you know do the go back to the listening and um pick out my lists um, but yeah I I'm gonna like, start that I feel like you should do lighter note you should always do your lighter note first because I come up with lighter notes while you do your lighter note oh uh, really okay I think we should switch I know, it I just around. feel like because I just feel like because I'm because I'm like because I because I ask because I finish it off and I just like you know cut it off, cut the show off into yeah. that piece i feel like i should ask you first um instead of just going light a note here's what i've got to say here's my soapbox you know what i mean like yeah. I, I literally have another podcast that is literally my soapbox so i don't really That's need true. another soapbox but i get what you mean um but <laughs> well the two the two things so you that have I, something i assume the, yeah the two things that i thought of because you were talking about shows and i was like i'm one episode off finishing stranger things and everyone told me that the first two seasons slapped and it was Lord Diminishing Returns from there on in. Not the case for me. Season four is fucking amazing. I am like completely hooked. I'm just crying wholesale through half the fucking show. It's very emotional. It's very intense. I just, I fucking adore 
Stranger Things. So shout out Stranger Things. And the other one was the Andre 3000 thing. I don't know why so many people are triggered by the success of this album. It boggles my mind. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of um, they're kind of just showing showing their ass there. It's just like ah, uh, see so you're hiding, you're hiding, you're that third guy, you're the secret third guy. <laughs> it's like yeah, but it wouldn't have happened because Andre's name on it. There's probably plenty of people who thought it was going to be a rap album, and instead they got flute. So that's why the numbers of that check back second week is going to be way less. You, uh, okay, what, bro. What and? personality is that? Like, who the fuck? People were like, <laughs> it, why, oh, why you hated? <laughs> people like you. People were listening to it just because they didn't know it was an instrumental album. I'm like, well, they would have figured yeah. it out pretty fucking quickly, bro, and they would have stopped <laughs> listening to it. Like, <laughs> the first song's 12 minutes. Okay, they're not gonna persist through 87 minutes of instrumental flute. Like, where's this? Where's the rap verse? When's the rap yeah. verse coming in? Like, okay, finish, bro. Just finish the album, going. Well, that wasn't what I thought. <laughs> You would, you would have to be like, a complete like idiot to think that that was coming out as like his rap album. He's literally on the cover playing the flute. Like all of the rhetoric around it is the flute. Like, so yeah, man. I don't know why people lost their composure over that. Like the mental gymnastics. It's like, bro, just celebrate him for dropping a fucking flute album and charting. You've got to remember that I do this shit every single week. I go through the top fifty cells every single week i've been through the top 10 on the billboard 200 for 15 years nothing like this touches the top 50 bro this doesn't happen like it's fucking epic it's cool the album's great shout out andre for doing this like just celebrate him you don't have to put him down and be critical and be like well well he only did it because it's andre 3000 yeah okay cool he deserves that. He's the one who created Andre 3000. He, Andre 3000 is why Andre 3000 is successful. So if he wants to use that success to sell 24,000 copies of an instrumental flute album, that's so cool. That's not a negative thing. Like, how do you, t- they, people online will turn anything into a negative. It is madness. So, bro, shout out Andre. And in the words of Mary J. Blige, there is a lot of hateration and holleration in his dancery. And we'll leave you with that, ladies and gentlemen. From the 5 EPN, this has been Digging Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I have been Charlie Taylor, the Fifth Element. I have been Carter, Hip Hop Numbers. We hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is Pierce and Video Games by Bonus Point. Thanks to Chill Music for the BDT. Socials for the Phenomen Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points, and Chill Music will be in the full show notes as well as the names of projects reviewed wherever you're listening. This has been a 5 EPM production. Thanks for spending time with us. I shall see you next time. I'm digging in. Digging in.